Okay. Are we there? Am I on? Okay. Great. Thank you. All right. Good morning. Let's let's find a seat here and we'll see if we can get this thing right. Because I, I don't like to hold that mic, so we're going to try this today and see how this works. So, Amen. Good to see everybody here today. Great time of worship. Thank you, worship team, so much. Thank you. And Natalia, so good. Thank you. Thank you for leading us in communion announcements. I love it. Matt is, uh, Matt is with his daughter. She actually flew him to wherever. Where's that at? Where's she at? North Carolina? So it's so cool. That's where he's at. He'll be back tomorrow. So I get, to, I get to speak for the first time here. This is great. This is so fun. This is awesome. And uh, so I'm kind of rusty. I've been telling everybody, show me some grace here because it's been a few years uh, since, since I've been able to minister the word like this. But I'm, I'm happy to do it. Glad to, to just share some things from my heart today. I do want to say before I start, you know, some of us, and I, I mean, I personally have been in a, a bit of a spiritual battle the, fa- the past couple weeks, um, and I know a few others have who, who've talked to me and shared with me and shared with some of the other pastors. So, you know, in times like this, hey, let's, let's draw close. Come on, let's draw close to one another. Uh, let's reach out if, if we need some prayer, just someone to talk to, someone to spend some time with. I think in times like that, one of the worst things we can do is just isolate you know, go, go silent. <laughs> so uh, just somebody you trust, somebody you love, uh, get with them, talk with them, pray with them. If, if you're under, you know, any type of just battle of, you know, a lot of it's in the mind, isn't it? A lot of it is, is in your thoughts. And so just reach out. And, uh, and, and even yesterday, uh, one of the brothers here in the church just out of the blue texted me, hey, you want to have coffee? Well, coffee turned into prayer and, you know, a good, uh, a good time for me just to be with him and, and feel some reconciliation. I even mentioned to Dave today, uh, Dave Talmadge, I said, hey, invite me for coffee this week. I need, I need to be with people. So, uh, but anyway, let's do that. Let's love each other during these times. And, and uh, even, I, even Marilyn, I remember when this all first started a couple of weeks ago, we were on the phone and I stopped. I said, Marilyn, can you just pray for me? <laughs> can you just pray for me? And we did on the phone. It works on the phone, too. It's even better to be together, but it works on the phone. And she did. So I, I, it just helped me and appreciated it so much. So, All right. Well, we're going to start in Luke 9 today. I just want to say, you know, I'm going to work on speaking today if you'll work on listening. So if we can come together on that a little bit, uh, I think it'll work. So I want to I wanna speak. I just want to speak Jesus today. I've really been kind of captured by that song by Charity Gale. She sings the song, at least, I Speak Jesus. How many of you have heard this song, I Speak Jesus, Charity Gale? Very powerful song. And, uh, you know, it's very timely for me right now, just speaking Jesus over my family, speaking Jesus over my life. And so today, if it's okay, first time I speak to the family at Kairos Church, how about I just speak Jesus? <laughs> I think that'll work. I think we can meet, meet there. So that's what I want to do. Uh, so, Father, we just thank you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you can anoint your word. I pray, Father, that you would anoint this word today. Yes, God. I pray that, that you will move our hearts, Lord, that you will reveal Jesus to us today. Reveal Jesus to us today. Strengthen your church. Strengthen your house today as we spend time under your word, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Okay, Luke chapter 9, verse 28. And uh, Michelle's going to help us today. We've got some slides with the scriptures, I think, that'll help. Luke 9, 28. Now, it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, 
they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened as they were parting from him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them and they were fearful as they entered the cloud and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. Now this event in Jesus' life, from, from uh, we read it here in Luke 9, it's also in, in the other two, uh, synopt- what are called the synoptic gospels, Matthew and Mark. Uh, the, it, Ma- Matthew and Mark, it uses a word that I think a lot of us might know if, we, if we've been around the Bible or Bible teaching. It's called the transfiguration. How many have heard of this word, the transfiguration? Okay. So this comes from Matthew 17.2 and Mark 9.2. It says that he was transfigured uh, before them. That's an interesting word. The Greek word is metamorpho. And I think you can probably hear the English word in there, metamorphosis. And uh, it's only used three times in the New Testament. This is one of those places. And, of course, it means just simply to change, to alter, to transform. Uh, And so in this moment for Peter, John, James, they are in a moment of transformation with Jesus. Now, that sounds good to me. That's like a good thing to me. And that's what I think I want to do today is invite us. Come on, in in, in this moment together, let's have a moment of transfiguration with Jesus. That's that's my goal today. It sounds great. And let's ask for that. Let's believe it. You know, I think we need these moments. Sometimes I feel like we just need to meet Jesus all over again. We just need to really see who he is that you know like they were heavy with sleep you know I mean I I know how that feels and so today let's see him again today let's see Jesus today I love how Peter he picks this up in his uh, epistle his letter you know Peter has two letters in the New Testament first and second Peter and in second Peter he kind of recounts this briefly He says, it's in chapter 1, verse 16, We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ. But we were witnesses, eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice (laughs) came to him from the majestic glory saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now listen, here, listen to this. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Peter's saying, look, I was there, okay? I was there. I saw it with my eyes. I heard it with my ears. I, didn't, I wasn't just following somebody's clever story about this. I mean, I was there. I was on mountain. I heard the voice, I saw his glory. We were on the mountain. We heard the voice and we saw his glory. He's saying this really happened. And I think it's what John too, you know, John was, on, was there. Three, three people with Jesus, Peter, James, and John. John was there. I think it's something that he's referring to a bit as he's the epistle. First John chapter one. It starts out there, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen. There he is again. We've seen it with our eyes, which we've looked upon. Our hands have handled concerning the word of life. This life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you. You know, so these two men, I mean, think of these guys. They were, they were rugged guys. They were just, they were just men, rugged fishermen. You know, they, they were used to maneuvering their fishing vessels out on the sea, handling heavy ropes, uh, you know, clean, smelly fish, uh, you know, the, the, the wind in their face, the sea, the sea 
a spray in their faces. I mean, these were guys, they, 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 they're saying, look, we physically saw this. We experienced this with Jesus. We heard him. We heard words unlike anyone had ever spoken. When Jesus spoke, people marveled, didn't they? At the authority of his words, at the wisdom of what he said. They saw his works. You know, they could tell us today, and we can read this in the scriptures. Look, our friend Lazarus, Jesus spoke his name and and he came out of a tomb, being dead four days. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And he, and he, was, he was raised. He, they, they could tell us, hey, we were there when 5,000 people were gathered on a hillside. And Jesus fed them all. You guys know the story from five loaves and two fish. We were there. We saw it. We picked up the baskets full. How many baskets? Twelve. Twelve bat, we were there. We experienced this. One night, Jesus came walking to us on the sea. He was walking out in the midst of the ocean. He came to, you know, Peter remembered this one very well, I'm sure. You know, the other, another time they could say, you know, they had a lot of stuff happen on the sea. Another time we were in our boat, the storm, I mean, we thought we were going to die. It was the, you know, and these guys were seasoned fishermen, you know, they've been through storms. They said, you know, we're going to perish. Remember, Jesus was asleep in the boat, you know, this story. But they could tell us, Jesus spoke to that storm. Peace, be still. And it immediately stopped. It didn't just die down, weather started to change. I mean, immediately, they were amazed. You said, you know, it says they were amazed. Even the winds and the waves obey him. That's Jesus. Peter could talk about another time. He says, you know, I'd fished all night. I'd caught nothing. Jesus came by. He told me to put my, you guys know the story, put my nets down on the other side of the boat. And it says, and John was there in another boat. He came over. There were so many fish, it said oh, the, both boats almost sank. There was that many fish just by Jesus saying, hey, put down your nets on the other side. They could tell us there were many times when, when throngs of people were around Jesus, the sick, the diseased, the, the lame, the blind, those, those who had demonic spirits, and there, there are many times it says that he healed them all. He healed them all. Everyone went home well. Everyone went home whole. John could say, you know, I saw him. I was there. I, I looked at him on the cross. I saw the love through the pain. I saw the love in his eyes. I heard his voice, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. And you know, Peter and John and the others, they could tell us, look, we were there. We saw the resurrected Jesus when he came back from the dead. We saw him alive. You know, there might be a surprise voice, I'm thinking, chiming in, the voice of Thomas. You know Thomas. Say, look, I, I doubted. Sure, I doubted. He said, I don't doubt anymore. I'm not the doubt. Don't call me the doubter now. <laughs> He says, I saw him, I touched him with my hands. And, and I, we, the scripture's up here, we won't take time to read it today. And Peter, John, Thomas, the other disciples, except of course Judas, they were there on the day that Jesus ascended into heaven. Acts chapter 1 verse 9. It says, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, there it is again, we need to pick up these words, while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And here it, is, here it is again. While they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will, will come in like manner. Amen. He will, he will come again. This same Jesus will come in like manner. He coming, the Bible says he's coming on the clouds. This same Jesus we're talking about. I think finally John, John would have one more thing to add. At the end of John's gospel, chapter 21, verse 24 says, This is the disciple 
who testifies of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are many other things Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. John's saying, you know, what Jesus accomplished, what he did, his life, it can't even really be chronicled. I mean, the world could not hold the books to tell us all that Jesus did. We have the gospels and we have, and that's one thing I've been doing the past couple of weeks. Just re, I'm, I, I chose Mark because it's so short, but uh, I just been reading Mark over and over again. Just, just, I get done chapter 16. I just start again. I don't know how many times I've read it, but it's just, it's encouraging me the life of Jesus. He, there never was a more consecrated life than the life of Jesus. There never was a more fruitful life than the life of Jesus. Let's study his life. So here we go. Let's just go with three, three real uh, quick, I think, obvious points from the story in Luke 9 from the transfiguration of Jesus. I'm going to go back to the text here. And I think this can be a guide for us to have this transfiguration moment ourselves. So the fir- very first verse, Luke, Luke uh, 9, 28, it says, it came to pass about eight days after these things, he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. You know, we see this a few times in the gospels, Peter, James, and John being taken away with the Lord. Uh, you might know some other times that just these three, just a more intimate fellowship that Jesus called these three men into uh, with the Lord. And so this is one of the occasions. And what does it say there? I mean, it's very obvious and feedback's great when I speak to you. You can say, oh my, amen, whatever. But, um, but what did they go up to the mountain to do? To pray. Yeah, I, don't, I normally don't ask, ask trick questions like, De- like Dennis did the other day. No, <laughs> where's Dennis? Dennis, where are you? When he was asking us, he's like, which of these vans is the biggest? Which one is the smallest? I'm out there going, uh, do I say what I think my eyes see or, you know. And then there were people that cheated. I know you cheated. But... Um, <laughs> Because that one van looks smaller, I'm just telling you. But yes, they went up on the mountain to, to pray. He took them on a prayer journey. So this is just the first point, very simple today. But transfiguration moments with Jesus occur in the place of prayer. We might even add the secret place of prayer. By secret, I don't mean like nobody can ever know about this. But I just mean coming away. He took the three... Uh, these three disciples away with him up to a mountain to pray. So like a private, personal, that's what I mean when I say secret place of prayer with the Lord. Um, And in fact, it says in the very next verse, Luke 9, verse 29, it says, as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. So, So in this place of prayer, even Jesus, it was as he prayed that this transfiguration happened for him it's it's this place of prayer you know let's get back to it come on let's get back to it to that hidden place of prayer with the lord you know there really are you know and i I found this to be true i'm 62 years old i found this to be true there there's really no shortcuts on this i mean maybe some things there are but not on this one (laughs) we really need that time away with Jesus in the place of prayer. If we're going to have that transfiguration that we want, that we want, we need it. We need those times. They don't have to all look the same for each one of us, but we need those times. Really, I, I just to be transparent, I, it was really about 10 years ago, maybe 11. I was trying to remember the exact time because I, I remember the house we were living in. Uh, when we first moved here from Joplin in 2012, we lived in several houses. We, we were this close to couch surfing, just saying. So we, uh, it was an interesting time. But I remember the house we were in. It was that cabin house out on uh, Shearer Road, I think, Shearer Road. And I loved that place. It was a very refreshing place to be. But it was about 10 years ago, maybe a little more, that I just felt like the Lord was giving me grace to really respond to what I'm talking right now with you about. 
And uh, I love the prayer cabin idea that you have there, Heather. That would be, I thought of my wife when you were telling that story. She would love something like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I guess I'd always considered myself a man of prayer uh, because I loved prayer. I still love prayer. But for the most part, I would have to say that up until that time, and we're talking about I was, in, I was 50 or a little more when this happened in my life. So a lot of years had gone by. But most of my prayer had been like, in small groups or men's prayer times, or, you know, I love that stuff. I mean, if you scheduled it, I was there. I just, I just like that. And, uh, that's okay if you don't, but I do. And, but, and so I consider myself a man of prayer, but I realized that throughout my life, I had never actually developed a consistent personal prayer time, prayer life. I wasn't ashamed of it. I wasn't proud of it. I just knew I hadn't. And I just went before the Lord and I said, Lord, you know, I really want this. Would you give me the grace? And, uh, you know, it, it had always eluded me, I guess I could say. And, uh, you know, I would have to say over the past 10 years, very, very uh, honestly to you, it, this has become for me very much the foundation, the bedrock of, of just my daily walk with the Lord is being able to kind of finally, if I want to put it that way, uh, have some real consistency in this coming away with Jesus into the place of prayer, just, just the Lord and I. And I look, you know, nobody does it 100%. If they tell you they do it 100%, they probably forgot that they don't. But, um, but you can be consistent. I will just say, I mean, for my testimony, at least, uh, that's my testimony, is ask for grace from God because you can become consistent in those times, coming away with the Lord. And you know, there's so many good tools now uh, to do that. Even things you can find, you know, through the internet or books and things. And, and I'm happy to share kind of my format for doing that. If anybody wants to come talk to me about that, I'll tell you my format of how I spend my time. I have, I call them holy habits, but certain things I do pretty much every day that help me engage with Jesus and have that time with him. Uh, but the important thing is, you know, the important thing is not the format. It's not the time I do it in the mornings cause I like the mornings, but some people don't like the mornings. I get that. Uh, so I get up early and I do it. Uh, not, it's not hard for me. I like it, but, um, whatever time it is a day or scheduling it a few times a week or something, but I just want to encourage you, you know, the door is open. The invitation is there. Uh, Jesus, uh, wants to have the type of fellowship with you that we're talking about in this story, transfiguring, transforming fellowship with you, where life-changing things are happening as you see the Lord, as you encounter him, as you hear his voice, the voice of your father. So that's the first, uh, the first thing today. Transfiguration moments happen in the place of prayer. Okay, the second thing to, to kind of glean from this transfiguration story is in verses 30 and 31. This is, this is, to me, maybe one of the top 10 most amazing things in the Bible. Um, I don't know what your top 10 is. This makes my top 10. So it says, and behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now let's try to get our, get our heads around this just a little bit. Okay, when the Bible says here that Moses and Elijah came and talked to Jesus, what it actually means is Moses and Elijah <laughs> came into the realm of men, into our world, and met and talked with Jesus. Now, I know we can't fully comprehend that. I I'm, don't even try. But, but it happened. It says they appeared in glory with Jesus in this transfiguration moment. And, but I think let's just think just for a moment about why. Now, why would Moses and Elijah come and meet with Jesus? And I think we can, let's not assume anything, but let's think about it. Let's consider it. Why these two men coming to meet with Jesus? It says they're talking to him about his decease, about, about his death, about he's, he's very close to to uh, going to the cross. And so they're talking about that. Now, here's, here's what I'm going to just present. 
and let you uh, weigh it. That's what you're supposed to do when people teach the word. You're supposed to weigh it yourself. I'm going to present that these two men have come as, as representative of the law and the prophets. That's, that's what I'm going to, to, to say. So let's think about that a moment. You see, the Bible's pretty clear about this. Jesus was the fulfillment. And we're not, this is not a teaching on this that we could teach on this. But just to accept this truth from the Bible, with, I have a couple of verses on it, but Jesus fulfilled the life of Jesus, the coming of Jesus, the kingdom Jesus established, fulfilled the law and the prophets. Matthew five seventeen may be one of the more uh, common verses that are very clear about this. This is Jesus himself. He says, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And so this transfiguration moment, the encounter of Jesus in a glorified state with Moses and Elijah there, I think it's, it's a moment when Jesus, and if you want to see it this way, he receives it unto himself, because he's going to take this to the cross is what's going to happen. I mean, this is not a doctrine on this, but uh, he's receiving the reality of what these two men carried, what these two men led, what these two men uh, fountainheaded, what these two men represented uh, in reality uh, bef- before God, before men. And in a sense, I mean, this is a vernacular way to put it. They're passing the baton. They're passing the baton to Jesus in, the, in these moments, I believe. So let's think about Moses, first of all. Moses, the giver of the law, the custodian of the law of God in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant. And you know, Jesus, it says in Romans 8, 3, was the perfect sacrifice, sinless sacrifice that fulfilled that. Here it is, Romans 8, 3. What the law could not do, could not do, (laughs) in that it was weak through the flesh, God did. So God, and we could even say in this moment, through Jesus, God did the law. He accomplished the law. He fulfilled the law through Jesus. God did by sending his own son. Tells us in the book of Hebrews that Moses was a servant over God's house, but now Jesus has come who is the son over God's house. He's been given the stewardship of God's house. It says Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. Let's think about Elijah for a moment. Elijah, who appears there with Moses and Jesus. Elijah was probably, we could say, the premier prophet uh, of Israel. Of course, we have Elijah and Elisha. We know some, many of us know the stories. But in a sense, again, he's, he's, he's carrying, he's representative of that prophetic flow of revelation under the old covenant. That prophetic flow that, uh, you know, when, when the prophets spoke to the people, they literally were like the voice of revelation, right, from God. And so Elijah has come to testify, in a way, uh, to represent that now this voice, this flow of revelation from God, this is now all found in Jesus. You know, Hebrews is very clear about this. My favorite book in the New Testament, by the way, if you ever wanted to ask, the book of Hebrews. But the, the, the book starts out like this, Hebrews 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets, through Elijah, through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. You know, David ta- has talked this many times. Uh, in the, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's the testimony of Jesus. Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets... They came here, met with Jesus on the realm of men for a final transaction. Wow. I think they were there to encourage Jesus as well to, to, to go through uh, the, the, uh, the cross to, to accomplish what he was sent for. 
But you see, the transfiguration moment, it ends with these words in Luke 9, 36. It says, when the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. The Matthew account says, when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Mark's account says, suddenly when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. Moses and Elijah had vanished. <laughs> Come on. They, they had vanished. They had disappeared. It was Jesus alone. You know, and then Peter, of course, he interrupts things. Kind of a little bit characteristic of Peter, I think, if you get to know Peter through the Gospels. So he interrupts things. He says, wait a minute, wait a minute, master. I know, I know what we'll do. Now, now that Moses and Elijah and you, you're all here together, let's build three tabernacles. Let's build three habitations. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And you know, Mark in his, in his version, he does cut Peter some slack. It says, he, he said that, he said, it said, they did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Uh, so he's giving, cutting him a little slack here. But you see the, the mistake, and just think about this in your own life. We'll start to get a little bit into application now. Think about it for yourself, and I will too. The mistake Peter makes in this moment of transfiguration is he, he wanted Jesus to share habitation with something that had already been fulfilled. That had already been fulfilled. Was passing away. And I think, it's, I think it's so great that God himself from heaven interrupts Peter. He kind of answers Peter's mistake, <laughs> doesn't he? So this voice comes from heaven, very similar to the voice at Jesus' baptism, the voice of the Father. He says, this is my beloved son. It says in Luke 9, 35, hear him. The Matthew count says, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Mark's account says, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. So, so this is the second point today. Transfiguration moments with Jesus, they leave us with Jesus alone. Looking, listening to Jesus alone. You know, we can end up like Peter sometimes. Things can be wonderful. Things can be inspiring to us. Uh, and we can begin to we can begin to want to build tabernacles to things. I, I know this is a little bit of a, of a of a stretch, maybe you know the example of it. But just think about your life as I think about mine. What do we what do we want to try to hold on to? What do we want to try to build a tabernacle to when what we need is Jesus, Jesus alone. Jesus is enough. Amen. Come on, it's Jesus. That you know the the Father said. Listen to him. I mean, the cloud came, it overshadowed them. Guess what? No more Moses, no more Elijah, just Jesus. It's just Jesus. Come on. Amen. Come on. We need that. We need a transfiguration moment like that where everything else just kind of disappears in the cloud. You know, come on. There's so many things that vie for our attention. That want us to focus on that. Focus on this. Focus on that. Whole denominations have been created about that. Don't let me go there. <laughs> when it's about Jesus, it's actually just about him. You know, especially, you know, especially Moses and Elijah. I mean, for sure that, you know, the very, uh, what do you want to say? The very obvious application would be we don't want to go to the old, you know, to the law. We don't want to go there. Don't go there. That, that vanished, okay? That vanished. It was fulfilled in Jesus. But what are some things we might have looked to that we need to let vanish today in a transfiguration moment? We need to let it fade away. Ask the Lord. That's what I've been doing, preparing this message. Look, Lord, what, what is it? What, what, have I, what am I wanting to build a tabernacle to? What am I thinking about so much? What am I getting my mind in, into? You know, and I don't want to go into, I mean, I could mention things. Yes, I could mention things, but I don't want to, I want the Lord to tell you that, not me. 
I want him to say, hey, this is, this is it. This is, this is what you're focusing on. You're, you're on YouTube on it about uh, all day. You're doing that. You're doing that. And it's really not about me. Let's not build that. Let's build Jesus. Let's, let's speak Jesus. And I want to take a moment here. We're going to be done in just a few minutes. I want to pray, pray for those who want, to, who want to respond to that. You know, we'll let, let that soak a minute in our hearts and in our, in our spirits. I want to pray for you. And we have others that can pray, the, uh, leaders here, uh, small group leaders, prayer leaders that can pray with you. But I'm going to, I'm going to invite us up here at the end. And, and, and let's just pray for one another. Let's pray. Like, I want to get back to Jesus alone. Just Jesus just, Jimmy, that'd be good. That'd be a good t-shirt. I may have something. I may be onto something. It's probably out there already, right? Probably out there. Just Jesus. Okay. Lesson three, final lesson today is in verse 32. It says, but Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory. And the two men who stood with him. So here's the third, the final lesson today. Transfiguration moments with Jesus. They happen when we wake up. (laughs) When we're fully. Get that little, what is that, an adjective? Okay, English people. When they were fully awake. And you know, as I said before, I think some of us, we know what that's like. You know, to, to to feel sleepy. Definitely in the natural, we know what it's like. I know what it's like all the time. But... Just to feel dull, to feel like you're not, you know, fighting through a fog, fighting through a cloud, trying to, you know, trying to see more clearly. It's like, God, Lord, help me. Help my vision. Help me see. Right in this, right in the middle, it's so interesting, right in the middle of this glorious moment, transfiguration moment, it's, kind of, it's, it's a little, I thought about this, it's a little bit like the Garden of Gethsemane moment. I mean, how, you know... Was there a more important moment ever in the life of Jesus? And then they're falling asleep. <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, if that isn't like me. But here they are in this transfiguring moment with the Lord. And it says, wow, they're just like, uh, you know, what's going on? I don't know. And they're tired. Uh, and, but thank God they don't stay there. Amen. I don't know exactly what happened, but they got fully awake. They became fully awake. And that's what we need. That's what you need. That's what I need. We have to shake this stuff off. We have to shake it off. You know, the drowsiness, the lullabies, lots of lullabies in the world. Just, well, don't listen, but when you hear them, turn them off. (laughs) They'll make you sleepy. They won't help you wake up to God. I think there's, eh, I I just don't want to go there. I don't want to say specific things because I want the Lord to say it. I don't want to get like, you know, put up, put up, what, what is that called? Put up the straw man and knock him down or something with your. There are certain things I think, I'll just leave it this way. There are certain things I think we probably need to turn off and do less of because it actually dulls us. It actually makes us sleepy when what we need is transfiguration. Romans 13, 11, I, one of my favorite passages in the Bible says, do this knowing the time that it is high time that you, here it is. It's high time that you awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. I've always loved that word. I did a study in, on this, okay, this is not my notes, sorry. I did a study on this passage one time, and that word cast off, the work of darkness, it's the same word they used when they were taking out the trash. I always, I always thought that was so great. So it's like sometimes in our life, maybe we need to like just take out the trash, cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on, put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. You know, he wasn't speaking to non-believers. He was talking to us, people who are following Jesus, who are trying to wake up and, and, and do the stuff, <laughs> you know. 
Let's get the encouragement. You know, what about you today? What about me? I mean, is there something dulling my life? There's something dulling your life. You know, it's time to wake up. I've told Melissa, I've said this many times to her, haven't I, over the past few years. You know, honey, I just need to wake up. I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm asleep somehow. I, I'm, not, I'm not tracking, you know. Uh, I've said it, haven't I, many times to her. And uh, I feel like the Lord is helping me. He's helping me to wake up. That's a good thing when you're in a season where the Lord is starting to kind of wake you up again. You know, you can go dormant. And when we could talk about seasons, and, and, I, and I get that, I get that. There are seasons. There are seasons to rest. There are seasons to work. I know all that. But for myself, I just knew that, no, there's something there. There's some kind of sleepiness on me. There's some kind of dullness on me. There's something. I'm not, I'm not all here. I'm not... You know, I don't like that. I don't want to live like this. I want to be fully awake. And so that's my question as we're ending today. You know, will, are you willing? Are you willing to wake up? Come on. Am I willing? Are we willing to become fully awake, to wake up out of whatever it is? I mean, maybe it's even, I mean, if we'll get real a moment, I think that's always good to get real without getting like mad at ourselves or something. But just like, hey, wait a minute. I think... I've got like almost like lukewarm, you know, I don't want that. I don't want to be lukewarm. No. And and say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Wake me up out of this, out of whatever else is going on for sure. I mean, I was thinking of this for sure. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing to ask the Lord. And I believe he will be so happy to answer this. If you're living in your life in some area, a partial defeat, partial defeat, that's not God's will for you. You can live in real victory. I know this. I know this. I have stories about it of my own life. So, and again, you don't get mad at yourself. You don't, you know, you don't go there at all. Uh, but what you do is you say, Lord, I recognize this. I, and, and what I want, Lord, is I want you to help me. Would you please, Father, help me? to not have this partial defeat in my life, whatever it is. Uh, 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 I mean, some people, you, you know, they're called strongholds or whatever, but it's just something that you know you don't like that. You know, God doesn't like that. It's like, Lord, help me. I want, I want to get the victory over this. I don't want to be in, 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 in partial defeat, you know, and show yourself some grace. Don't be too hard on yourself. But ask the Lord, like, come on, Lord, help me now. Help me. And sometimes I know in my life, I've had to even maybe ask for a little help, ask for some prayer for somebody, you know, like, help me on this. I don't want to be like this. I want to, I want to have victory in this area or that area. So I'm just saying, as we close here, you know, come on, let's shake it off. Cold water in the face, you know, cold shower in the spirit, whatever it takes. And, uh, let's let the Lord wake us up. I love what the, uh, What the Amplified says here in verse 11, it says, besides this, you know what a critical hour this is. Wow, think about that. How it is high time for you to wake up from sleep. And then then in in little parentheses, I don't know if if we have the, I don't know if I have it up there. Yeah, in little parentheses down there, it says, rouse to reality. I've always remembered that little phrase. Come on, rouse to reality. I don't want to live in an illusion. I had a, a, a old pastor friend of mine. He was my pastor for a while, and then we became friends. But he, uh, he used to say, you know, people don't like to be, be disillusioned. He said, I love to be disillusioned because I don't want to live in illusions. <laughs> I thought that was really smart. You know, it's like, oh, I'm disillusioned. Well, good. I mean, I know that hurts. That's hard. But, you know, you don't want to live in illusion. You want to live in reality. It's like, God, you know, disillusion me. Maybe that's not a great prayer. I don't know. <laughs> But, um, but, you know, I don't want to base my life on illusions. I want to rouse to rouse to reality. And uh, then the Message Bibles. Oh, man, I love the Message Bible on a lot of this stuff. What's he, say, what's he say at the bottom? Lose track of time and doze off oblivious to God. No, I, that's not what I want. That's not what I want to do. You know, and it says it's a critical hour. So let, I'm just going to end today with just a, a series of statements about Jesus. And then I'm going to pray for you. Let's see Jesus. Let's be transfigured. Jesus, it says, 
We'll just go through these. If you want to read them with me, you can, but I'm going to read them. Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus is in very nature God. Jesus is Emmanuel. Heather likes this one, which means God with us. The lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. The image, this is a big one, of the invisible God, the firstborn over, this is Jesus, all creation. By him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is head of the body, the church, us. He is the beginning and firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. He is seated in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen and amen. Look at what Jesus said of himself. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. I am the resurrection and the life. They asked him, are you the son of God? He said, you are right. In saying that I am. He continued, John 8, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be. You will indeed die in your sins. Then they asked in John 8, later later on that chapter, are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. And you are not yet 50 years old, they said. Have you seen Abraham? I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. We'll skip down to to John 14, 9. One there. This is Philip, and I I just think we need to think of that. You know, Jesus said, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Don't you know me? You know, I think about us today, myself. I mean, I met the Lord in basically fourth grade. I was nine years old. Been with the Lord a long time. But I feel like Jesus is saying that again to me. You know, come on, Jim, do you know me? Been with me a long time. Do you know me? I think I might need a a transfiguration moment. A transfiguration moment with Jesus. You know, it's interesting... I'll close here today, and then I want to pray for anyone who, who has prayer. I'm going to have Zach put on a, some music back here. But, in fact, I think we'll put on that I Speak Jesus thing. That's a good song. Let's put that on as we pray for one another. But it's interesting. I, I told you that, that that word, transfiguration, it appears three times in the Bible. This is one place in the Gospels. The other two times it appears, metamorpho, it's actually talking about us. The first time, after the one in the Gospels that we read, the, the next time is Romans 12 too. A lot of us know this verse. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, transfigured, metamorphosed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and prove what, what the will of the Lord is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. And then the the last time it appears is in 2 Corinthians 3.18. A lot of people know this verse as well. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, are being transfigured into the same image from glory to glory. 
just as from the Lord, the Spirit. You know, when we do this, go back, you know, just briefly these three points. We come away with the Lord into these, into these personal times with him, meeting him in the place of prayer. When we, when we become fully awake, <laughs> when, the, when the clouds clear, by the grace of God, we wake up. And when, we, and when we come back in our lives to the fact that it's just Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus alone. That's when I think we'll have the metamorpho. We'll have those transformations. We'll have those transfigurations. It says in Romans 12 there, it says our minds will be renewed. That sounds good. Our minds will be renewed. We'll begin to understand and walk in the perfect will of God. That sounds good. These results sound great to me. Transformed, renewed mind, walking in God's perfect will. It says that when we're transfigured, it says in 2 Corinthians there, we begin to see His glory. We begin to ourselves be changed. It says from glory to glory. Let's ask for it today. You can go ahead and put that song on Zach. Let's ask for it today. Let's ask for transfiguration. Let's ask for metamorpho. You know, we can have it right here. You can have it. I can have it. This is available. Let's all stand together. You know, you may be at a place you say, you know, I need that. I need Jesus alone again in my life. I need the clouds to part. You know what? I need to become fully awake again. And if that's you, we want to pray for you today as we're ending. We're not going to dismiss you, but I just want to call for it. Anyone who wants prayer along these lines, this word has met you where you're at. This word is touching your heart. I just want to invite you to come forward. I'm going to pray with you. Any others who want to come, just come on forward. Let's speak Jesus over one another today. Let's, Jesus, let's let, let it become Jesus only again. Man, have you been to that Kairos church, man? It's all about Jesus there. It's all about Jesus there. Come, Lord, right now. Just come, Jesus. I know the Lord's touching people right now. Just come. It's all about you, Lord. Jesus is so kind. You know, maybe you're here today. You may have never met Jesus. You may have never met Jesus, the Lord, the Savior, and Lord of your life. I want to invite you to come. This could be your moment. This could be your moment. Maybe you've strayed. You used to really walk close to the Lord. Maybe you used to even be in ministry. I don't know who I'm talking to. But we need to get back. We need to get back. You know, just, you're like me. Like I would say to my wife, I, I need to wake up. That could be you. We want to pray for you. We want to stand together in, the, in this time. We speak Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm going to turn the mic here, but you can still come as we begin praying for people. Those who are leaders here, you can come help us pray for a few minutes as we close today. God bless you.